0: Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in. I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another
1: qualified healthcare provider. I just really wanted to make sure that my kids friends were not allergic to peanuts before i brought them into my house because my house is where the kids come to congregate so it's really important to me that it's a safe place for for all of my kids friends
0: love when social media just delivers these wonderful accounts on a precious platter for you. And today's guest in episode is one of those precious platters, if you will. We have Jillian from La La Lunchbox. Found her because I was really bored of making our son's jam butter sandwich, hard carrots, and... I don't know, sliced apples for lunch, just becomes so monotonous and boring. Although our son ate it, but it just looks so unappetizing. Jillian has all of these really fun little lunchbox hacks. And I asked her, hey, would you be interested in coming on my podcast to talk about creating diversity in lunchboxes so that we can introduce new foods to children while they're away from us and at school and normalize that? and coming up with creative ways to do it. So she comes on the podcast to talk about tips and tricks she has for creating diversity in the lunchbox. I hope you enjoy the podcast episode, and hopefully it gives you a few tips and tricks for your lunchbox or your child's. Um, And certainly visit her Instagram account because it is Pinterest-worthy and so inspirational. Jillian, it's so nice to have you on the Whole Body Health podcast today. It's so great to see you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It is nice to see you. And you know, you're like humanizing the brand.
1: You know, I try to show my face on stories, but um, not always, just life is busy.
0: Life is busy.
1: It is also, busy. honestly, I, I do take a lot of comfort from being behind the camera and not in yeah, front of it. So
0: I get it. Well, you're very talented, too. I know the other day I asked you where you got your chocolate chip cookie picture because it was so nice. And you said, I take my own photos, which they're they're very pretty. So Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Okay. So my son has and had severe food allergies, and I know a lot of schools have no nut policies and avoid peanut or have no peanut policies that are really strict. And I was on the lookout on Instagram for any inspiration I could find to help me get creative with my son's lunchbox. Because I know it's a great opportunity to introduce diverse diets, to give him some creativity with his food. And it just felt monotonous to me. Like I was using Ezekiel bread. So woo, you know, like real healthy surprise. So I use Ezekiel bread and a jam butter sandwich with sliced peppers and grapes, right? Like that. And it just was kind of a rotation. The funny thing is he eats everything I send to school with him. He's not there to whine or complain to me, you know, like, you know, so he eats it. And I followed your Instagram page. I think you have a food allergy thing on there. And I know you've told me a little bit about your experience with anaphylaxis and food allergies. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and what Lala Lunchbox is?
1: Yeah. Okay. So first of all, yes, absolutely for nut-free ideas. I'm anaphylactic to tree nuts. All of my lunches are nut-free all the time. My allergies are super sensitive and I can't have nuts in my house. My kids do not eat nuts unless they're out. And even if they do eat nuts, which I don't really think that they do even out of the house, there's like a whole regimen when they come home. They have to wash their hands, brush their teeth. I have a really sensitive cross-contamination reaction. So all of the nuts that you'll see on my feed are nut-free. And um, I actually developed the La La Lunchbox app specifically with allergy families in mind because the app is designed to make the lunch packing process a lot easier and simpler for families. But one of the key ways that it does that is by involving the kid in the meal planning process. And so it empowers them, it gives them a voice. It takes the strain off of reinventing the wheel every day. It takes that off of you as the lunch packer. And, and for you know, the people who use the app regularly, that's a huge relief for them. Um, I happen not to be allergic to peanuts, but I don't pack peanuts in my kids' lunchboxes. We do eat peanuts in my home, um, but that's actually a relatively new phenomenon for me. I just really wanted to make sure that my kids' friends were not allergic to peanuts before I brought them into my house, because my house is where the kids come to congregate. So. It's really important to me that it's a safe place for for all of my kids' friends. I have three kids, so. You have a
0: full house.
1: I do, and a full heart.
0: That's great. I love hearing that, actually. I have one son, and my husband and I are trying to figure out and navigate the whole, do we have another child conversation, which I think is really common.
1: But how old are your children? I see your daughter making lunches. She's 13, right? So my oldest daughter is 16. She'll be 17 in a few months. My middle kid is my son. I only have one son. He's 12. And my youngest is 10. Okay. She's who I think you saw packing lunch. Got it.
0: Okay. So do you find when you involve your children in making lunches that they have more agency over
1: it and they eat their lunch? Oh, without a doubt, and okay. I think that there's been just study after study that shows that when when kids have a voice, they are absolutely more excited to eat. They eat more food. You know, not having a surprise in the lunchbox can be really comforting for kids. And you know, for some kids, it's funny because when I talk to parents about this, I've been in this business for this will be my thirteenth year, and. Parents are always like, oh, my kid really likes the surprise at lunch of like, hmm, what did, what did my parent pack me today? And and that's awesome if that works for you. A lot of kids don't do well with that kind of surprise. So um, involving them in the process is is really a way to keep things calm and comfortable at lunch.
0: Sometimes when I pack a surprise, let's say... I personally really like lupini beans and there's a brand. I saw um, you
1: posting about that the other, yes. oh, the Brahmi.
0: Yes, Brahmi. And they have one that's kind of, not, I'm not going to say plain, but it's salt and vinegar. And so it's just pickled beans, but the beans are really not firm like a bean. That's the texture not, is great. It's a, it's a wonderful texture. And you can shake the lunchbox. I know you have that hashtag. And they're like bunker food. I mean, it's You know, you could throw it and it would still remain intact. So it's great for a preschooler. And he got in the car and I looked in his lunchbox. And usually what I do at pickup is I'll either make a carpool snack and pick him up and give him a snack, or I'll check in his lunchbox and just give him what's left in his lunchbox. And this particular day, he had the lupini beans left in his lunchbox because it was a new item. Even though I'd introduced it to him a long time ago, I had just repurchased these beans, you know, and it had been a year and he had forgotten about them. So they were new. And he got in his car seat and I said, oh, do you want your beans? And he said, no. And I said, oh, but these beans, they help you win at everything. And they make you really smart and way, I don't know, better than mommy at Uno when we play cards or something like that. And he was like, can I get those beans and ate them all? And from that moment, I've been able to pack those beans in certain things like his snack or whatever. But that's how I introduced it to him. He does eat the jam butter sandwich and I slide in a little chia hemp flax sprinkle inside, which is impossible for any kid to like figure out that it's in there unless you have a really sensitive child and you get the fiber addition and the omega-3 and the linions from the flax. So it's really a great little hack for me. But when it comes to you posted a wrap with like a banana in it and probably sunflower seed butter or a sandwichy type of thing, let's say a a chicken sandwich, he won't eat it. I don't know if it's because he's four and a half, but it's
1: too much. Too much food or too many ingredients? What do you mean?
0: Well, that's what I'm curious about. Like, is it too many ingredients to have chicken, lettuce, a pickle, bread, you know, He won't eat things like that. I haven't really done a great job at trying to get him to eat those. And maybe it's just such a huge portion when you get that type of food that it's overwhelming to him. Mm. But I'm wondering for myself and for the listener when it comes to foods that children just avoid how would, and you want them to have exposure to it and to accept it because you know they'll like it, how would you introduce that food?
1: I mean, it's tricky. First of all, I'd back up and say, you can't force someone to eat anything or like anything. I mean, if someone said to me, I know you're gonna like this okra. I just need you to try it. I just, (laughs) I just, it's a no for me. I mean, first of all, okra is like one of the very few foods that I can't stand, And I've tried it and I've tried it and I've tried it and I just cannot. (laughs) But someone telling me that they know I'm going to like it, it's not really a convincing thing for me. (laughs) I would say, um, you know, big portions really can be intimidating for small kids. Mm -hmm. So there's there's that. But also um, some kids are just not into sandwiches. My kids are actually not really big sandwich eaters. And Most of my feed is non-sandwich, and it's because I've had to get really creative with sending something that's easy to eat, that they can finish in the short amount of time that they have in their lunch period. And that's, you know, also enjoyable. So I think, you know, as far as getting kids to eat something for lunch that you know that they're going to enjoy because it has like all the markings of foods that they love. And believe me, I get it. Um, I would say the first place to start is at home. Introduce it at home until your child seems comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You can also model eating it. It doesn't always work, okay? Because right. I have one kid who will not eat avocado, will not eat avocado, just fine. Like It's fine. But It's interesting because my first, my first reaction to him is like, dude, you like all these creamy soft things? Like this is right in your ballpark here, you know, just try it. And then that backfired, which is how I know not to do that now. (laughs) But, you know, I just, I model eating those kinds of things in front of my kids and I introduce them at home in a safe, comfortable environment. And the funniest thing is my son will now eat avocado in a smoothie Mm -hmm. because he loves the creamy texture that it adds, but he will not eat it any other way. And for me, I'm taking that as a win. Totally. Totally.
0: Absolutely. That leads me to my next question. You'd mentioned that you have a slow eater or you're talking about lunch being a short time period, right? So my son, four and a half, he is a slow-ish eater, but he also, ironically, eats fast sometimes because he has FOMO. He does. And at his school right now, they eat on the playground
1: And he's in an outdoor school, if I recall. Right. He is this year.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he just wants to get up, even if I think he was at a lunch table. He wants to interact with his friends. He wants to talk. He wants to play. He wants to chat and socialize. And so he told me one day, I said, Oliver, why didn't you eat your whole lunch? And he said, well, and he's like, I'm so hungry. Right. Why didn't you eat your lunch? Because my friend Eli finished first and I I wanted to get up and play with him. So what are your tips on packing lunches for a young kid so they can get enough food without inhaling it? And, you know, whether it's energy or calories and diversity, right? So we want to have different vegetables in there, have different fruits in there, have different things in his diet, in the lunchbox. But I also don't want him to be like, (gasps) you know, choking on his food to try and get it in.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, for my kids lunch is like 20 minutes. I mean, it's not a lot of time at all. And if they have to use the bathroom, like that's 10 minutes because they have to get a buddy, they go to the bathroom, maybe there's a line for it, like whatever. Then they have 10 minutes to eat. It's kind of stressful. So, you know, the lunchroom is also a social place. It's like the one time when kids can be loud, they can be a little boisterous. And I think that's actually a good thing. It's like in the middle of the day, they've been focusing for a couple of hours. It's a lot that we're asking of kids in the lunchroom to get you know, their afternoon of nutrients and be prepared to learn and also like have this outlet, this social energy outlet. So for me, what I like to do is pack easy to eat food. So that would be like, if your kid is a sandwich kid, you know, make them bite sized put them on a stick. Super easy. Then you have, I mean, this is a pen, not a stick, right. but like I buy lollipop sticks in bulk on Amazon and I can cut a sandwich into six, nine pieces, however small I want the pieces to be. And I stack them on a stick,
0: wow. you know,
1: like three on a stick. It's super easy, It's like a kebab. Okay. Food on a stick is like the elementary school parents' best friend. (laughs) I'm serious. I I have done French toast bites on a stick and that's like, I'll make French toast, cut it into pieces and like alternate a piece with like a blueberry and then a piece with, you know, whatever. The kids have a lot of fun eating it, but it also becomes this thing like, you know, oh my God, what's on a stick for your lunch today? So it becomes something that the kids are happy to eat. It's fun to eat. It doesn't take an immense amount of time. You're not like, you know, there's nothing intricate happening with it. I also do um, tortellini on a stick, and for that, you, you know, you can add diversity to your lunchbox with all of that. And I mean, we do that with the Lala La Lunchbox app. So. The app prompts you to pack a protein, a vegetable, a fruit, and a snack. Sometimes people say, like, hey, why isn't there a specific category for dairy? Or why isn't there a specific category for carbs? Or, you know, something like that. And the fact is, I visited a ton of lunchrooms before launching this app almost 12 years ago. And Parents and kids didn't think of foods in terms of dairy and starch. They thought about it in terms of like the main event, mm-hmm. protein, a vegetable, and a snack. Sometimes the main event is a dairy. Sometimes it's not. Lots of people are allergic to dairy. Sometimes the main event includes a starch. Sometimes kids have celiac, you know, and they can't. So, you know, whatever the main event is, It probably should have some protein in there. But I also like to keep in mind that lunch is one meal. So, you know, getting back to something you were saying, I don't know if it was today or something that I've read on your Instagram. um, If you're serving the same lunch over and over, is that problematic? Is your kid eating it? Then it's not a problem. You know, if that's the case, you're probably introducing variety somewhere else in the day. And you can just pat yourself on the back, you know.
0: Wise words
1: from a mother of three. I mean, I've been at this game for a long time, right? Yeah. I, I was trying to calculate how many lunches I have packed in my lifetime. You should and- have a ticker. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, my oldest packs her own lunch now, and she's like fiercely independent about it. Like, I, she won't even let me cut her an apple. And, I, you know, she'll be like four hours into homework. And I'm like, honey, can I just, can I pack you a lunch? Huh? No. <laughs> you did your job. I did my job.
0: That's great. So I have a question about lunchbox hacks for picky eaters. I saw this morning you had this really cute Bone Mama tiny jam jar that you use for salad dressing or something. And there's all these little hacks. So what are your hacks, you know, for picky eaters, for lunchboxes in general? Um, And... I want to know what lunchbox is your favorite.
1: Yeah, I don't actually have a favorite. I'd say there are lots of products out there that would qualify as in my favorites. The way that I think about how to pick a great lunchbox is it has to be easy to pack. Like if I can't use it very easily, it's a no. It has to be easy for my kids to open and close. I had one lunchbox um, several years ago that I have since retired. And, um, I sent it to school multiple times. Like I, I really wanted to love this lunchbox. I sent it to school and my kids couldn't open it. And what do you think happened at the end of school that day? They were the worst. I mean, because they were, they were cranky, they were hungry, like just everything sucked. Yeah. And it happened multiple times. If my kids can't open your lunchbox, it's out of my kitchen forever. So has to be easy to pack, has to be be easy to open and close and it has to be easy to clean cleaning i want to be able to throw that thing in the dishwasher and call it a day mhm so there are some really wonderful lunch boxes out there that i use regularly and my kids enjoy but i have to say like the stainless steel boxes are so much easier to clean agreed and they don't have that um, dishwasher residue. Some of them collect
0: water because there's different... Pe- like- Inserts. And yeah. The, yeah. I'm like, no, this is too much. And yeah. then it's sitting on your counter. It's
1: not fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that I always tell parents to keep in mind when they're at... Usually parents are like, oh my God, my kid is starting kindergarten. What lunchbox should I get? Or, oh my God, my kid is starting preschool. What lunchbox should I get? And the thing is, you got to play the long game because you might be packing lunch for a three-year-old, that kid is gonna be eating through 12th grade. Like, it's not a two-year thing. It's a multi-year thing, even if you're not the one packing the lunch. So for me, I'm always looking for a lunchbox that's gonna stand the test of time. And I have several that that fit that bill that I absolutely love. And it's so much better than things were when I was growing up. My mom used to pack lunch in a brown bag And oh, my God, like I didn't eat pears for like a decade because (laughs) I was so traumatized by the way that they would shift around in the bag. And then by lunch, they'd be like
0: gross everywhere, like fermented by lunch.
1: Just disgusting. Yeah, they are so lucky. They don't even know how well they have Oh,
0: in the soup thermos that was this big, you know, and then you're like the one eating soup at school in this big plastic thermos. Our kids are so lucky. Okay, so before we move on to the next question, you said Popsicle, lollipop, skewers. Is there anything else that you recommend?
1: Okay. How many bottles of children's Tylenol or children's Motrin have you purchased Mm -hmm. in four and a half years of being a parent? Many? Yeah. Okay. Those plastic um, dosage? Drink cups, yeah. Drink cups? They're amazing in the lunchbox. And they're the perfect height for almost all lunch boxes. So <laughs> they're great for packing like a little bit of a, like a treat, you know, a couple of jelly beans or whatever, a couple of blueberries. They're just, they're like this amazing thing. And when you were referring to that bon Mama little jar, like I see the world in lunch containers. You do.
0: You really do. <laughs> and you've helped me see the world in lunch containers and, and also um, like my lunches too and um, you That's know so like good. how I'm packing mine so even for me when I put let's say hummus on top of my salad I actually I know it hits the lid of the the lunchbox, and so I put a sprinkling of like sesame and seaweed on top of it and so I know that the lid doesn't get stuck to the hummus and it's messy and then right. everyone in my office is like ooh, and I'm like ooh, because I like to plate things nicely um. OK, so little like just seeing what you can reuse, what you have and seeing the world in a resourceful way. I think yeah. that's very resourceful. Repurposing things that you already have. And that's fun. Opening a jam jar, sprinkling on it even if fun. you want to put some sunflower seeds on in there. And my son loves doing seed shooters. I don't know why. Don't ask me. He takes. I don't know what that is. He invented it. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. So he puts hemp seeds, he's obsessed, in an espresso cup or like a little jigger and he will eat a shot of them, like the whole thing. It's like two tablespoons worth. And so you can imagine like the fiber that's going on. But he thinks it's great, and he's like, it's so good, Mom. You've got to try this. You've got to try a seed shot. He's very adventurous like that. For
1: the best. It's like the best age ever.
0: He's like – a wild. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was also up at 4.30 this morning. Sorry. I need help on that front. Um, I think he might be getting a cold or something. Anyway, so we've got like seeing the world creatively, being resourceful, using items we already have. I do like the blow pop stick idea a lot and making little kebabs. And I think that would be fun for him. Okay. So this was one of my questions I asked you the other day. And I put a pin in it to ask you, on the podcast because you cook food like rice and peas and I don't know what else you put in there um, and then you put it in the lunchbox and I'm wondering, okay, did you wake up in the morning and start cooking that stuff or like eggs in there, you know, like fried rice and then put it in the lunchbox? Is it steaming in the lunchbox? And you said, no, I cook it, put it in the lunchbox, put it in the fridge and then, you know, it's good to go the next day. For me, though, I'm like, oh, is it even good the next day? Even like an egg muffin or any like of the croissant sandwiches that you bake and put in, you know, what does it taste like? What do your children say? Because I'm not getting feedback from my four and a half year old that's like, mother, this isn't exactly al dente. This, right? (laughs) I'm not getting that feedback right now. So How do you make it appetizing for them when you're cooking it at night, like a warm food?
1: It's a great question. I get asked this all the time. Um, I don't pack lunches in the morning because I don't want to. I'm up at 630. I have three kids. And the last thing I want to do is be doing that in the morning. So I learned like 11 years ago to start packing um, the day before. And so, so a couple of things. First, a question. Let's say you make, um, you make mac and cheese or something, whatever. You're making some dinner and you put it, you put the leftovers in your fridge. Would you eat those leftovers? Yeah. Okay. It's not different in the Tupperware than it is in the lunchbox. It's yeah. not different. It's still in a container it's just a different kind of container so the question i think you're really asking is how do they not eat it hot mm-hmm. right okay so first of all when i pack something warm in the lunchbox i let it get to room temperature before putting it in the fridge and that's what avoids the steam the condensation and then that could also change the texture depending on what it is um so i let it come to room temp before putting it in the fridge but beyond that I started, I started serving my kids not hot food at home to normalize it because mm. I am not a short order cook. I am not here to guarantee that your lunch is hot by lunchtime. That is not reality. That is not the world that I live in. <laughs> there is no mechanism at their school to heat up lunches. And so I'm not here to promote that. I'm, I'm not. So what I did was um, – It's funny, it kind of started accidentally. I would make a lunch on like a Saturday or a Sunday and I'd be like, lunch, you know. And my kids were always doing something. By the time they came to the kitchen, it wasn't hot. I wasn't gonna reheat it. Like I had just cooked it, so they had to eat it. However, whatever the temperature was. And I was like, oh, wait, this might be an opportunity for me. And so I started like a very slow process of making foods that would otherwise be served warm and just delaying serving them until they were no longer very warm. And so my kids just, <laughs> just like they got you know, on board. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like, you know, when, when dietitians talk about like making chain chain changes, like mm-hmm. when you're trying to switch from like, White rice to brown rice and you add like a little bit of brown rice and a little bit, you know, whatever. Yep. Slow change. I just mm-hmm. started slowly serving foods to my kids that weren't hot without explanation. And they they got on board. Like this morning, one of my kids um, took kimchi fried rice to school. It's totally cold in the lunchbox, but she loves it. She She will eat it hot, cold, and everything in between.
0: Yum. That sounds good. When I bring kimchi to the office, I have to sit usually outside because I will make no friends. My kimchi is oh. like stinky. It's stinky oh, to I me, but I, I love it. Yeah. It's so yummy. Um, That's great. I love all these tips. Am I missing any other, like, what are some big questions people ask you that we have to touch upon? Um, I love the know. tip of making it the night before, because that's what I do. And kitchen is closed. And then in the morning I just make a quick breakfast, but I'm not worried about getting up and making the snack and making the lunch. And I used to do that and I was scrambling. And now I get up in the morning, I go downstairs and do Pilates, meditation, meditation when I can, when my son doesn't wake up at 4.30, but I get it done in the morning because I do the lunchbox at night. So that's a huge tip um, and it it helps me a lot with time management.
1: I think, you know, for me, it just starts the day on a less hectic note. I'm the first up in my house and um, my oldest is out the door at five to seven. So, you know, (laughs) between that time and the time that my other kids or my husband is up, that's me time. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to be working hard in the kitchen. Right. In that moment.
0: Right. Yep. Okay. Are you ready for some rapid fire? I sure am. All right. Most interesting item or ingredient you've
1: ever put in a lunchbox? My gosh. I might have to say cereal and milk. And it's because people like get mind blown when when you pack milk, which is funny. But there are like a a lot of lunchboxes out there that have um, leak proof inserts. With, you know, silicone lids or something. So you really can pack granola and milk or cereal and milk confidently.
0: That is funny. Uh, one thing you can't live without. Rice. Something not many people know about you. Um,
1: let's see. I, um, I work very closely with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. My mom has lymphoma. And um, it is my, my biggest passion outside of everything else that I do.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. And that's wonderful that you can be involved. Um, Biggest challenge right now?
1: Um, Family dinner. My (laughs) biggest challenge. I grew up with family dinner. We had family dinner every night, no fail at 730. And I just think life is a little more complicated right now, unfortunately. So like this one has volleyball and that one has basketball and, you know, Mm -hmm. Everyone is all over the place and it kind of sucks. And that's my biggest challenge right now.
0: Something you're looking forward to.
1: Warm weather. (laughs) Something you do that makes you feel good about yourself. Um, Definitely exercise. I do something to move my body six days a week. It's my me time. It's my recharge time. It's, you know, going to be well. Well for me when I'm an older adult and I'm, you know, still strong and clear headed from exercise and I love it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jillian. It was so fun chatting with you and learning more about packing lunches, which seems so silly, but it's really not. And it's such a a thing to get over when you're a mom and you start sending your kid to school and you realize, I don't just drop the kid off. I have to prepare them for school. I have to make the lunch. And it's a whole thing, so it's really nice to have you on the podcast to give us some tips. and I hope that all the listeners can find you and your Instagram. Do you mind sharing your Instagram for them?
1: Of course, you can find me at Lala La Lunchbox. I have a second account called At Teen Lunch. You can see what what my oldest kid is now packing herself. She's already a social media influencer. <laughs>
0: She's taking over the family business. (laughs) It was great to see you. Thanks again, Jillian. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks for listening today. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social. Remember to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug.